Hello, welcome to the Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards podcast. This is Chris Bevelo. I'm Executive Vice President at Revive Health. And with me today is Adam Meyer, also of Revive Health. Hello. Hello, Adam. How are you? Good. Very good. Just a two-man show again today. It's a two-man show. Jackie's still out, but that's going to change soon. Um, there's some changes going on at Revive where I'm, I'm confident we will have some uh, regular podcasters joining us. So we will, we will save that surprise for later. Um, awesome. But our team will probably shift a little bit. Uh, still be me, still be Adam, still be Jackie when she comes back, but we may shift in some other people on a permanent basis would be my expectation. Yeah. But we won't say who yet. We'll just keep it. <laughs> well, there are a lot of a lot of smart minds to tap for insights here, so it would be a shame to not pull them in. Exactly. That's exactly right. So uh, we have some other changes related to this podcast that we'll get to in a second. Uh, but first, just some announcements. Uh, speaking. Got some speaking gigs coming up. What are the speaking gigs coming up? Uh, depending on when this posts. So no, this will post this will post well in advance of that. So we're going to be at the forum conference, which um, depending on when you hear this, will be next week or the week following. It's the week of April 13th. So I'll be there the 13th through the 15th. If you're planning on attending, definitely look me up, shoot me an email, shoot me a tweet, whatever. We'd love to connect with our listeners. Uh, also doing some speaking while I'm there, going to present uh, with Chris Ernst, who's Vice President of Marketing Communications at El Camino Hospital. Uh, we have been working with them for, geez, over two years now. I think it's yeah, wow. or is it approaching two years. I'm not sure which. I think it's approaching two years. Uh, but really help them on their journey to transform their marketing approach, particularly in terms of digital. So our presentation is really about that journey and, and where they started and what they did to get going and, and what they've done since then. And they've made amazing progress uh, so that'll be a great presentation. I invite you to encourage you to to come check it out. That'll be on the fourteenth. Uh, I can't remember the exact time, but it's around late morning, I believe. So you can look at the agenda for the conference. That's in Vegas. Uh, what else? I'm going to be speaking at an event for True Media. That's a private event, so can't you just can't show up there, unfortunately. But uh, <laughs> they were kind enough to invite me in to speak at their client conference. Uh, they're out of Columbia, Missouri. So that'll be the 17th, the same week, actually. Uh, and then what else? Let's see. Going to be speaking uh, at the Influence Health Client Congress uh, the beginning of May. That's also invite only. But if you're a client of Influence Health and will be attending, uh, look forward to seeing you there. Going to be speaking at an event for NRC, National Research Corporation, the 13th of May. So uh, I'm not sure if that's invite only or not. I think you have to be a client of NRC's, but uh, we can find details on that. We'll post that in the show notes once it's available. I'm not sure those are available yet. And then finally, on May 21st, I'll be the keynote speaker at NESCO, which is the Northeast uh, what, Northeast Society of Healthcare Communications something. I've got the acronym completely botched. <laughs> it's one of those, uh, normally they're Ishmapur, Wishmapur, Mishmapur. It's that, except for it's not. They don't use the Mapur. They have their own acronym. But it's Healthcare Marketing Conference for a few states in New England. Great organization from what I've heard. Uh, as I've said before, I've always wanted to speak there. So excited to be out there. 
Uh, so that one is open. So if you're in uh, the Neshko neck of the woods, definitely come check that out on the 21st. So, and there's more after that, but we'll just stop with May. That's probably good enough. Uh, what else can we tell them, Adam? We can tell them that we have finally transferred the Interval site uh, website over to Revive site. So yep. uh, I'm sure everybody who listens to the podcast knows that November Interval was acquired by Revive Health. Uh, but as you know, w- with any kind of merger acquisition or brand transition like that, it takes some time to to switch everything over. So uh, I believe this is the last really the last of the assets, the interval assets that existed. Uh, there might be a couple floating around out there that really aren't used anymore, but uh, this was the big last one and we finally got that switched over. So I uh, encourage you to check out thinkrevivehealth.com, find the health system section. That's where all of our fun stuff lives. Uh, we've got an overview of what we do there. We've got case studies. We've got uh, a lot of the content uh, that we had on the interval sites, not all of it, but most of it. Uh, so the online digital audit can be found there. Uh, we've got access to our books and papers and other things. The latest blog posts are there. Uh, a list of speaking engagements. Uh, all of that will be available for you. So check it out. We're very excited to have that up and running. Mm-hmm. And Adam, I know you played a big role on that. So thanks for your help. That yeah, happen. no problem. Yes. And what you'll also find there is the podcast will now live there. Uh, I would Maybe we should say, well, definitely we'll live there. But whether it's living <laughs> there by the time you hear this podcast is another question. It's something that takes a little bit more work to move over. So uh, it's lagging the actual launch of the new content on the Revive site, but not by much. So it'll be kind of a race. Which will happen first, this new podcast going up or the podcast being available at the Revive site. <laughs> I'm not sure the I'm, answer to that. Do you have the I'm answer? I'm not sure either. Okay. I'm not it doesn't sure. matter. I bet this will go up first. Okay. That, at least that way, because that way it'll be the first, the first new show on the uh, new site. Yes, the first new show. What do we mean by that? Oh, I let the cat out of the bag a little early. No, you didn't. It was a perfect segue. Or is, that, is that redundant to say that I let the cat out of the bag early? No. No, because I, I think letting the cat out of the bag can happen at any time. Oh, okay. I don't think that's redundant. I mean, maybe it's inferred that if you let the cat out of the bag, you've done it prematurely. Right. That's what I was thinking. But I don't know if it necessarily explicitly means that. Probably does. Google it. Google will know. Well, let the cat out of the bag means you basically tell a secret. You expose a right. secret, right? Right. So. Um, I didn't fully expose it yet. No, you didn't. You t- I've you, only you teased alluded. It. You've sh- you've shown your you've shown some skin, but you haven't exposed it fully. <laughs> so story I, of my life. <laughs> so what Adam's talking about is we finally have a new name for the podcast. We've been talking about this for some time. Uh, it was something that we knew was coming as part of the acquisition, uh, and so we 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 got a number of actually submissions from uh, listeners, which was much appreciated. Uh, in the end, what we're going with is the healthcare marketing underground. So what we're trying to do is my, one of my favorite sayings of all time, and I use this constantly with clients and when I speak, is that the brand makes the name, not the other way around, which means the, what you really value about something is the experience you have with it, not what it's called. So 
with that said, we still wanted to have a name that captured the spirit of what our podcast is because the podcast isn't changing uh, in terms of the experience, in terms of our approach, in terms of the content. Uh, again, we might have a couple other people joining us, but we're still going to be focused on health system marketing primarily, which entails a lot of things, of course, digital PR. Uh, but we are still focused in that area. And we still have our um, transparent, objective, honest. What's the right adjective? To attitude. <laughs> Those all sound good. We have an attitude. We don't even need an adjective. We have attitude, which is, which is as people have heard me say a million times, how we got our prior or the current or prior podcast name. Uh, initially, it was called Healthcare Marketing Insights, uh, <laughs> which did speak to primarily what we were trying to do, but didn't capture the spirit very well. And when one of our avid listeners shared the podcast with a peer, um, who I believe was an older gentleman, and he kind of he kind of turned his nose up at it and said, that just sounds like a bunch of arrogant people sitting around shooting the bleep, <laughs> to which we said, exactly, that's exactly what it is, so let's change the name. And so for the last, I don't know, Adam, at least three years, maybe four, it's been the Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards. Yeah, I'd have to go back and look to see when the first show was. I think we, caught, I think we titled the first show with that title as the actual title of the show. So I'd have to go back and see when, when that was, but it was probably episode like, I mean, it wasn't very many episodes in. No, yeah. 20 at most. I mean, it wasn't a lot. We didn't have a lot in our belt and we're up to two fifty three. So round it down to two thirty even. And that's, I mean, if we did this weekly, that's, four years, three years. It's been a long time. What's that? So we're very excited with our new um, name, Healthcare Marketing Underground, because we believe underground really captures that spirit. Um, what I was going to do, and I didn't do it quick enough, so let's see if I can ramble fast enough. I was going to try to find a definition of underground that I think perfectly fits. Let's see if I can find it. Because I thought I saw it. Um, and we're not talking about... Um, Beneath the surface of the ground. So now I'm I'm on Google's Google's definitions, right? There we go. Perfect. So after you, after you get past the explicit obvious definitions, beneath the surface of the ground, situated beneath the surface of the ground, you get noun, a group or movement organized secretly to work against an existing regime. Now I wouldn't say we're secret, <laughs> but it depends <laughs> on what you think about our audience totals. Um, but we're definitely uh, organized to work against an existing regime, and that regime is the status quo of healthcare marketing. So I think that that you know, other than the secret part, is perfect. Captures the attitude. You think so, Adam? I, I hope think so. so. It's too late. We've already we've already made the business cards and printed the coffee <laughs> mugs and all of that. So thank you to everybody who submitted names. Um, we're committed now because we just publicly announced it. So we're not going back. There's no going back. We're sticking with it. Fair enough. Sounds good to me. All right. So let's see. We have one main thing on the docket. Maybe there's something else we could talk about that would be fun too. But uh, one of the pieces of content that you'll find on uh, the Revive Health website now uh, under our kind of our thought content is a uh, column that I wrote for the first issue of Healthcare Strategy Alert, which is, in my opinion, one of the best healthcare marketing publications that's put out there by associations. There are a number of them. Uh, 
This one's published by the Forum for Healthcare Strategists. And I think that, you know, it's well-designed. They usually have very in-depth kind of stories. They usually have, you know, well-known people, kind of experts in the field. So I just think they do a really good job uh, with their content. And so I actually got a chance to submit a column, and it's titled Silo Smashing, the New Landscape of Healthcare Marketing Communications. And I think we've been speaking about this for a while now, and it kind of fits with one reason why Interval actually um, joined Revive, because it we believe in this in this kind of philosophy for how things are shifting. But, uh, you know, I use the uh, awesome metaphor or analogy of silos because, you know, I grew up in Iowa, so you can't drive five minutes without seeing a, a silo out in the cornfield somewhere. <laughs> and, you know, I, my analogy is, hey, silos, the main purpose is you, you store your grain and you separate, you know, you've got the corn in one silo and you've got the soybeans in another silo and, and whatever. Um, and then to, to really stretch the, the metaphoric approach, I say that the, the trends and the trends in communications and technology and our industry are like a tornado whipping through the Iowa farm fields, tearing down silos left and right. What a visual <laughs> that is. So I think that is actually what's happening. And and the best way to think about this is to think about some of the significant trends in our field right now and how they cannot be neatly confined to a, a typical silo that we would find either in our organization, so hospitals and health systems, or in a lot of the infrastructure, the industry, and how it's set up to support those people. So I think one of the best examples, maybe one of the earliest uh, kind of trend that came along that, that was a, a tornado was social media. So when you think about social media, there's still this ongoing conversation, who owns it, right? So when you think about the, the typical silos within a, a health system, you, you usually have, or often have, I should say, marketing. You have a marketing team. You have a PR team. You might have an internal, an internal communications team. You have a physician relations team. You have a research or planning team. Uh, what am I missing, Adam? Community relations. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. can be a team, government relations can be a team. Uh, and now we're also seeing digital as a team. We'll get to that in a little bit. So the question is, who should own social media among those teams? I mean, what what, what would be your first response, Adam, to that question? Oh, man. Um, well, it's tough to say. I mean, somebody, there's definitely should be an owner. I mean, and it should be likely within digital. Um well, that's where I'm going to put it, some sort of digital department. I mean, oftentimes you'll see it spread out a little bit because you'll have HR with their own presence of some sort within kind of the recruiting uh, areas of social media, whether that's on LinkedIn or, or maybe having their own Twitter feed to keep that kind of stuff out of the main Twitter feed. Um, so there's a little bit of a it kind of breaks down a little bit there. Um, <clears throat> But some, but even even in that case, somebody should still be overseeing it and making sure that you know what's happening there isn't overlapping with what's what's happening with your, um, you know, the consumer audiences. So uh, I'm going to put it within the digital, within some sort of digital team on the marketing side. Okay. Now I would say in most organizations, it probably lives under PR. Like if you had to tally up, in fact, we should look at behind the by the numbers. I might even have that. Hang on. 
I'll see if I can find it out when you go on one of your long-winded opinions on something or come up with a long-winded <laughs> opinion on something. Um, let's see. What I'm trying to look for is who owns social media and by the numbers is a fantastic resource to just see where people are at, um, where organizations are at in terms of how they structure. But I would say if I had to guess, um, the group that owns it more often than not is PR, PR and communications, because it's seen as a messaging channel, which it is, but, but this is why it's a problem, right? Because to your point, Adam, you need to have some kind of digital savvy, uh, I think it's more important to have content savvy than digital savvy, but you need some digital savvy. But it also is a marketing tool. It's also a oftentimes an internal communication tool, or there are components of it that are for internal audiences. There's certainly a service component to it. Uh, so it's not, it doesn't neatly fit. I mean, I think that's fair to say. And then if you, you take that example and you move forward, right, and you say, okay, well, let's take SEO, it's another classic one, right? So if I had to say to you, Adam, okay, we don't do anything with SEO. We need to start. Where should, who should own that, right? Who, where does SEO mm-hmm. usually, SEO enhancement, or that's a redundant right there, search engine optimization, <laughs> where does that typically reside, right? What would you say to that? Uh, well, that's typically within some sort of digital team. Um, you know, and when I say digital team, you know, I think of, depending on the size of the organization, there's obviously a lot of time there's overlap. A digital team might even be comprised of, if, if it's not specifically people who focus on dig, on the digital side, it's, uh, you know, people who have acquired those responsibilities in some form, uh, even if they are uh, also kind of on the PR side or or on more of the pure marketing side. Um I guess it just really depends on the size of the organization, but that one, that's one that, you know, I think people just even more so than, than social media, because social media is a little easier to understand at a fundamental level. Like here's what it is and here's how, you know, here's at least the basic way that we can do that. I understand, you know, people are like, I, I get that. I understand that. I can see that. Um, SEO is kind of a different beast. You know, it's like even the experts, you know, who are, who are the, the best at it acknowledge that, you know, it's, 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 it's guesswork to a certain extent, you know, it's not, um, there are best practices, but those constantly evolve. We don't know what the algorithms are that drive search engine optimization, um, you know, specifically from Google. So, you know, it's, it's just a little more of a mystery, a little more unknown. And I think a lot of times people are like, well, I'm, I don't, I didn't know what to do with it. So let's let the people who claim to be digital or who are, who are hired to be digital folks, let's let them handle it, whether they do it themselves, whether they're bringing someone in to help with it. Yeah, and, and I think that's that's the natural place, but it, it kind of goes back right to what we've talked about before, which is from our perspective, the best SEO strategy or the most effective SEO strategy or the, the strategy that is going to drive the best results, let's say that, uh, is is the content. You know, in the end, mm-hmm. great like you said this first, and I and I repeat it all the time, great content is what brings great SEO. Uh, and certainly there are technical things you need to do to your website, uh, or in other, in other facets to optimize SEO. Again, that's redundant to optimize your search engine optimization. Um, but really in the end, it's going to be great content that drives the best search results. And that obviously doesn't live within digital. Uh, it doesn't even live within the folks that, you know, I, I suppose that, that does, encompass digital if you talk about the folks who, who manage a website. But again, when you think about the marketing department or the PR department, 
those folks obviously are driving content. And if, if they are not focused in the right way uh, from an SEO perspective, you're missing opportunities. Uh, if, if all you're focused on is the technical aspects, you're missing opportunities. Uh, so it's another great example of how you can't confine this to one classic department. Right. Content marketing yep. is another one. I mean, that's, that's probably the newest, biggest. Uh, it's the next kind of social media example because it's so big and broad. And we've been in, in situations uh, where we're trying to help a client with the content marketing program. We've been brought in through marketing because they see it as and and you know thankfully so they brought us in to to see it and use it as a, an exception or a change to what they typically do. So not promotional marketing, you know, not a typical ad campaign, but. Uh, you know, using content marketing. So we're brought in from the marketing folks who are trying to achieve marketing goals, but PR folks are brought to the table because they're the ones that typically are in, you know, in these cases have generated content and they sit across the table from each other. Like who's going to own this? Or this is different than we've used it before. Uh, And so it just, it just kind of all of those examples. And there are others um, that that we list in the article. Uh, you really can't rely on the old silos as as well as you used to. You really need to be thinking in a much different way moving forward. So that's what the article is about. Uh, there's some advice in here about you know how do you deal with this conundrum, this new dynamic. Uh, for one, you don't want to create um, new silos. Uh, you know you definitely need to have a digital team. You need to have people to understand digital at a at a functional level. But you really get in more trouble when those silos grow tall. And by tall, I mean start rising above the director level, VP level, uh, leadership level. Uh, you know, you really, in the, you don't want to have a digital marketing plan that's separate from a marketing plan. You really shouldn't have digital media buys that are separate or at least considered separately from traditional media buys. It should all be integrated, uh, mm-hmm. which really forces leadership to have to understand digitally. You can't just hand that off. And I think. The ultimate example of that is there's been a lot of discussion about whether there should be a chief digital marketing officer. So kind of appear to the chief marketing officer just to show how important digital is. And I can't think of anything worse to pursue. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah, right. It just, that's, it doesn't, that's it, Oh, go ahead. Yeah. So well, you have a chief marketing officer and a chief digital marketing, and they're going to, I mean, those two are going to butt heads. And they're gonna want get a claim that the other one doesn't get it, and that's gonna you know even if they did get along and you know and saw eye to eye, that's just I don't know. You're setting yourself up for trouble. I think so too. And and, and which one of those would you rather be? I mean, it, it's kind of like, hey, I, you know, I work in the I work in the uh, horse and buggy company, and I'm the chief marketing officer for horse and buggies. And you know, what? we're gonna get into automobiles, so we also need a chief you know, automobile marketing officer, which of those two do you want to be? Right. I mean, if if you're at a point where your chief marketing officer can't be the chief digital marketing officer, something, you know, that, that probably needs to be looked at. I I, I think no no matter what role you're here, if you're in that role, you need to understand, you know, what direction marketing is going, where it's at, uh, what tools you're supposed to be using. Um, and if you, you know, it, maybe it's harsh to say, but if you, you know, if you can't consider yourself, you know, to be somewhat, at least, at least knowledgeable enough of digital to know how it can be useful 
and to know that you you know if you don't yourself have the chops to to hand to to you know lead that work to to know to find experts to bring in to help you lead that work um if you if you if you're not there then something potentially is wrong yeah and 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 that's a scary statement for a lot of marketing leaders but i think a lot of them realize and they and they want to get there it's just it's not easy right it's a whole new world and you kind of you really have to keep yeah, up yeah. And, well, and, go ahead. yeah yeah i mean I, and i think acknowledging you know i think this holds true for any one of us acknowledging what we don't know and and reaching out for help in those areas is is important yeah um helps you grow you know bring in somebody who's a brain with that stuff and you're gonna you're gonna soak up some of that brain matter yourself yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's, I speak about this all the time, you know, it's, there is definitely a, again, it doesn't mean that we're not trying to say that you shouldn't have a digital department. You, you're going to need people that are experts in potentially, depending on how big you are, SEO experts in, you know, you're going to have to, somebody manages your web or a team that manages your website or websites. You're going to need somebody who understands social media and all the channels and all that. But at a leadership level, at a planning level, at a budgeting level, you really need to have the complete picture. And that's easy to say, how do you draw a line? And, and the way I think about it is like, look, I, I'm in the same kind of position that a chief marketing officer at a hospital or health system would be. I need to understand how to leverage digital. I need to understand the latest trends um, because I need to know how to leverage those for our clients and in and, and understanding you know, how to go out there and think about this stuff. That's part of my job, right? Uh, so even if you think about something as specific as SEO, I need to understand and do understand the importance of SEO. I understand the key philosophies and strategies behind it. I understand some of the technical work that needs to be done. But you know what I don't know? I don't know the latest Google shift in their algorithm. I don't keep up with that. That happens. I don't know how often that happens, Adam. You could probably tell me. Um, you're kind of the bridge between the two worlds, but, but I don't know. And I'm not even going to try to keep up with that. I would have somebody like Adam or even somebody below Adam to do that and to, to live in that world because it changes so fast. There's no way I could keep up with all those changes and all the changes in content strategy and all the changes in website design and all the changes in CRM and marketing automation, all that. There's no way one person can do that. Uh, I don't even try to do that. I just try to know enough to understand when those changes are significant enough that I need to shift my strategies and philosophies. Yep. That's the key. Yeah. So hopefully that makes sense. Uh, it's a fun article. It's pretty short. I think it's three pages. Um, but uh, it probably causes some pain that you're already having, but at least gives a name to it and provides some suggestions on how to deal with it. So, uh, definitely recommend checking it out. Again, you can find that at, well, first of all, you can find it in the latest copy of Healthcare Strategy Alert, but you can also download a PDF at uh, the Revive Health website in the health systems section. We'll provide a link to that in our show notes. So with that said, Adam, anything else we want to talk about? Uh, anything hmm. fun? What's fun? Well, it is. Well, it's not going to be by the time the show comes out, but it is April Fool's Day today. Um, it's probably a good thing that we didn't announce the name shift on April Fool's Day, like as as in the show coming out, because <laughs> people maybe people wouldn't take us serious. Um, but uh, no, I was scouring the web a little bit this morning for humorous uh, April Fool's implementations, and um, probably the, the most I don't know if I'd say it's funny, but the most interesting is Google's little uh, April Fool's Day joke 
which is uh, if you go to com.google, I believe is it. Uh, it's Google backwards. entirely backwards. Yeah. Every, everything on the page is backwards. I wonder if you, when you type, is that even backwards? This is, yes, it is. <laughs> Whoa. That blows your mind there. Search results are all backwards and justify it on the other. Oh, that's, that's kind of crazy. That's pretty funny. But other than that, I haven't seen too many good April Fool's things today. Well, maybe you just don't realize you've seen them. That could be. Maybe I bought a few of them hook, line, and sinker. I think I did an April Fool's joke last year that really caught people, but I have no idea what it was now. I can't remember. But it worked, whatever it was. <laughs> but I don't, I'm not a big prankster. Are you a big prankster? Nah, nor am I. No, not really. In fact, sometimes the April Fool's stuff just gets on my nerves. <laughs> it's kind of annoying, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, people. Some people just try to, or organizations just try a little too hard. Some some succeed, but it's. I mean, in, in today's world, you've got to really kind of, you got to really be creative to succeed on April Fool's Day. Yeah, you do. It, that that kind of brings me up with one thing. We'll we don't have to close with this, but we'll wrap it up soon. It it. I just saw an article about um, just how careful I think organizations need to be. It, it kind of goes back to the this this idea that companies and brands want to be have relationships with people and you know i have some skepticism with that in terms of most products and companies because you know i don't want a relationship with my orange juice or my nissan pathfinder or whatever <laughs> right but but they sure try hard right and and i think you can you can show a more human face to your company especially through social media i'm thinking about you can um no, you can be more real and authentic and transparent, and that's great. But they always, you know, not always, but often they take it too far, right? And they try to be, you know, people still know you're a company. They know you're a big organization, so you got to be careful. You get, it's got to be authentic, right? And it just, for some reason, reminds me of what happened to SeaWorld recently. Have, did you see that? What? Which, well, oh, I, man, there's been a lot of SeaWorld stuff well, in the yeah, last couple but, of years. Yeah, so think of all that, have that in your mind. And then they had the, the genius idea of doing a social media campaign that was like, ask us about SeaWorld. What do you want to know oh, about no. SeaWorld? And it was all positive. <laughs> and they just got destroyed, as you would imagine. And they, you know, they've been a little bit defensive about it. I mean, they're, it's so funny because you think about, I don't know if you saw Blackfish, but not to get in the political side of it, but they are so much in denial about the impact of that film and the, and the changing kind of zeitgeist about what they do with their whales. And because that's the only explanation for why you would think it's a good idea to go out there and stick your neck out like that, given right. everything you just mentioned that they've just been run through the ringer um, because of the way they treat whales or the people, you know, how people perceive it. Most people perceive it as being, you know, really horrible for the whales. Um, what, what are the reason? I mean, I tried to think about why isn't there somebody sitting at the table who goes, you know, maybe we shouldn't do that. <laughs> We're just going to get a bunch yeah. of, you know, bleep thrown at us. Yeah. I mean, that's, that shows a little, that certainly shows some level of a lack of sophistication to not have somebody at the table who would have brought a red flag up. And, and in hindsight, maybe that's easy to say, um, but when you're an organization who's been through the ringer on, you know, your, 
the very foundation on what you know for 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 your your very principles on what what you stand for um you should be you should have some level of of, of awareness or or sensitivity to how that could be misstrewn see and that's another good oh go ahead i'm just gonna say I was gonna, go, no, you go, go to your example in a second i'll close it off here that's what okay, i thought okay. too I, I thought, you know, there had to be somebody. I bet there was. I mean, that's what I'm thinking. You can't, you have to be completely naive and, and idiotic to not. I mean, anything like this, you should be, anything you do publicly like this, you should go, is there any kind of downfall or downside? I'm thinking somebody did. Again, it goes back to my guess is that probably at the top, they said, I don't give a crap. We're, we do good things with whales and we're going to go out there and show people. So that kind of like, that almost like um, bunker mentality of, you know, we will overcome because we're right. That to me is more likely what happened than them not thinking through that there could be people that don't like it. So right. anyway, right. go ahead. You had an example. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, we've seen this happen so many times now, but another one that stands out is when the New York police department tried to do this, pretty much the same thing. They were like, tweet us your pictures of, you know, your interactivity or your interactions with the police thinking that they were going to get just lots of good, you know, happy people with uh, arms, you know, hugging, hugging police officers. Um, so the intentions were, were good, but the result was not so much. And this was even before um, the, uh, the, the, all the stuff that's been going down in, in New York with the NYPD over the right. last, you know, several months. Um, so this was, this was, I think it was sometime last year, maybe about a year ago, but yeah, I mean the stuff, the tweets that they got were just, you know, they're pretty horrendous. There's pictures of a picture after picture and, and, and tweet after tweet of, you know, stuff that was police brutality oriented and, and certainly not feel good oriented. Yeah. I mean, and we've, we've, we've encouraged clients to, I mean, it's, it's a, those are ways to engage your audiences and, and that's what a lot of this is about. And we've encouraged clients to, to do some similar things, but we've, We've done it in a, in a, you know, we've suggested in a way that would be controlled. So, you know, send us your stories, for example, just to use a very generic example, right? Send us your stories of XYZ or whatever. Um, but those, those aren't put out over Twitter. Uh, those aren't requested, you know, to be distributed in social media. They're given a place to contribute those stories. And then the f- stories are filtered before they are ever used so that you can, Make sure that there's nothing crazy in there. There's nothing negative. Um, I mean, you've got always got to be careful because if you're being authentic, you can't. You don't want to hide um, all the, the stuff. But if you're doing it within the spirit of a specific effort, and you're being clear about that spirit, then I think you have every right to to not um, share those things that don't fit with the context of what you're asking for. And obviously, if you get negative things, then it's an opportunity for service recovery and that kind of stuff. So you got to handle those. But uh, I think it can be done right. It just has to be done in the right venues with the right controls. Right. All right. Well, let's leave it at that. All right. So for – I'm going to do it this way. For the healthcare marketing underground, ooh, <laughs> rolls off the tongue. This is, this is Chris Bevelo. And Adam Meyer. We will talk to you next time. Thanks. See ya.